Blog Talk Radio. Franchise interviews from Eastern Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 12 years now, we've been asking the franchisepreneurs who own one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. We're meeting with Clay Sange of Junior Ramen Bar. And Junior Ramen Bar was founded by Tomo Takashi in 2010. His parents were restaurateurs in his native Japan, but he frequently visited the United States. Throughout his teenage and college years, he became obsessed with the goal of opening an authentic ramen restaurant on La Brie Avenue in Los Angeles. We're going to talk to Clay about that in just a moment on Franchise Interview. So stick around because we have a great show. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now... Welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. The Stone Coat Franchise Opportunity. Are you looking for a unique and lucrative franchise opportunity? If so, take a look at Stone Coat. With a patented process which creates a true stone finish on almost any wall or ceiling, Stone Coat is a true game-changing product in the multi-billion dollar construction industry. Stone Coat is applied faster, cleaner, and cheaper than conventional quarried stone, which saves both time and money. With advantages in remodel and new construction of both residential and commercial projects, Stone Coat is a true crossover product. The Stone Coat franchise opportunity provides a low startup cost, low operating expenses, comprehensive training, ongoing support, and no royalty payments. For more information on the Stone Coat franchise opportunity, go to www.stonecoatfranchise.com. That's www.stonecoatfranchise.com or call us at 972-380-2700. That's 972-380-2700. Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. I'm happy to have you on the show because, you know, I was saying earlier to my wife, like, you know, we've been doing this show 12 years. We're almost like on our 650th show, and I have to say, we've never had your type of franchise on the show. And I'm a big fan of, of ramen, but I've never been to a ramen restaurant. So really excited to have you on the show. We always like to ask our guests, where are you calling from this morning, Clay? Oh, we're coming from Los Angeles, California. Oh, fantastic. How's the weather there today? It's usually beautiful there, isn't it? Oh, it's fantastic, as it is always. We've had a little rain lately, <laughs> but we've needed it here in California for sure. That's exactly. That's fantastic. You know, we talked a little bit about the history, Clay, um, in the beginning of the show. We kind of gave like a little teaser, but I thought, you know, you could kind of like tell the whole story, can't you? You know, because, of course, you're familiar with the concept. Maybe, you know, you could talk a little bit about the history of of Jinya Ramen Bar. Sure, absolutely. Uh, Our CEO and founder, Tomo Takahashi, um, he spent his childhood at his uh, family's Wobotayaki concept uh, back in Japan. And uh, there he immersed himself in traditional Japanese cooking methods, you know, to hone his hospitality skills. And uh, back in 2010, he opened up his very first 
ramen bar restaurant, Jenny Ramen Bar. He actually opened two restaurants. He opened mm-hmm. up a Robotayaki restaurant called Robata, which is still uh, right across from the Grove here in L.A., um, okay. in Hollywood, uh, very successful. But in the very beginning, Tomo realized that the Robotayaki concept, there were a dime a dozen out here in Los Angeles. There were a lot of successful mm. mom-and-pop brands that, you know, many people that right. came from Japan, very successful, but Tomo made the, uh, the bet. He put all his chips to the center of the table back in 2010, and he, he mm-hmm. called it. He said, you know, it's go time for the ramen industry. And he wanted to put, mm. uh, you know, open up a beautiful restaurant. I mean, the things that he's done with this brand is uh, fantastic. In 2010, he came to the U.S. to fulfill a lifelong dream. He wanted mm-hmm. to move to the U.S. and... Uh, you know, open a couple of restaurants, and there was a there was a food critic out here named Jonathan Gold, who's uh, won a Pulitzer Prize, and he absolutely mm-hmm. fell in love with uh, the Jenny Ramen Bar, and he actually published several uh, wonderful articles about Virginia uh, um, in the Los Angeles Times, and that's kind of where mm-hmm. it took off wow. from there. Um, in 2011, Great. he opened up his uh, first franchise, Jenny Ramen Bar outlet in. Uh, Vancouver, Canada, and then right. in uh, 2014, he won several awards for, um, you know, just having the best uh, authentic noodles and broth and won a lot of awards for that, and then in 2015, he opened up his a very, you know, his very first new fast casual concept, which is called mm-hmm. Virginia Ramen Express, and that's right above Dolby Stereo. Um, center where the Oscars are. It's located right above oh, wow. it at Hollywood and Highland. And uh, it's been very successful for four straight years. And then the rapid expansion continued um, across the United States right. where we had franchisees in California, Virginia, Georgia, Texas, Utah, and Oklahoma. Wow. Uh, but you know, what, was, what was very interesting was the international expansion. Uh, that we did. We opened up outlets at mm-hmm. in Vancouver, but also in Calgary and Toronto. And uh, we wow. now have uh, five locations there with a sixth one coming uh, real quick. And we thought in the very beginning there were going to be a lot of issues with logistics, trying to get things across the border. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been right. able to supply our franchisees with proprietary brand items. And then uh, in 2018, he opened up his first Bushi by Jimmy location. So let me explain to you, Marty, just real quick. I've mentioned three different concepts. There's the Jinya mm-hmm. Ramen Bar, which is the Japanese ramen house. With, you know, this has an authentic look, feel, and energy throughout you know, right. offering traditional ramen in small plates. Uh, the Jinya Ramen Express, which we've opened here in L.A. and Vancouver, that's a fast, casual, build your own Japanese ramen bar. And then finally, the one I wow. just mentioned that we opened uh, just last year. It's a smaller, fast, casual Virginia ramen bar, but it's got key ramen dishes and hand rolls, uh, which has been successful. So the exciting part about it, Marty, is that because we, we have all these different complementary formats, um, it mm-hmm. gives franchisees the portability and flexibility of our Virginia right. concepts to present an attractive opportunity uh, to introduce new stores formats globally. And if you think of these smaller footprints, the Virginia ramen bars generally between 2,500 and 2,800 square feet. But the Ramen wow. Express and the Bushi Virginia, those are very attractive because of the size. You can go into transit centers, 
airports, hospitals, sports venues, right. university college campuses. So it's very exciting what we're embarking on here. It's it's very exciting, Clay. Did do you think Tomo knew? I mean, in the beginning, you know, I know this was a lifelong dream for him, Clay. Um, you know, did he did he envision you know franchising this concept across the United States and even maybe even the world someday, or was he just like thinking of like the one restaurant initially as as as, as a I guess a teenager? Yeah, Marty, I think he was just starting with the one restaurant. I think he had dreams yeah. of opening up multiple outlets, but I didn't think he realized how much Jenny was going to take off. And, um, you know, what's exciting is I joined Jenny about a year ago, and I was, you know, I was just attracted immediately to Tomo's vision, I mean, what he wanted to do. And, you know, when I was talking with him, I asked him the question, you know, what do you want the headline to read five years from now? You know, what do you want the newspaper mm-hmm. to say? And he thought about it, and he said, you know, I really want to be the U.S. In the United States, I want to be number one in the ramen category. I go, great. That's fantastic. So if that's what you want the headline to be, what are all the things that need to happen working backwards in years four, three, two, one? And so he's very excited where he was, but he also understood that for him to grow the brand, we needed to build the foundational capabilities and the infrastructure to, to have this growth. Uh, He wants to grow to 100 locations uh, by the end of 2021 and add 250 by the end of 2024. And I've been with a lot of big organizations, and it's easy to say that. It's another thing to do. And it's important with the growth for it to be thoughtful growth, right? So what we're doing right right now is we're thinking about what are our must-have key strategic initiatives right now and what are Mm -hmm. the nice things. Uh, key strategic initiatives that might be better suited waiting until 2020, 2019. Things like right. supply chain, real estate strategy, value engineering of the build-out costs of our stores, building our marketing program, um, creating a robust training program. These are things that our franchisees deserve um, if we're going to grow and have that become a reality. So it's been very exciting over the last year about this this all-star team that we've been able to build. Um, I asked Tomo about a year ago, I said, from a training perspective, how would you rate our training on a scale of one mm-hmm. to ten? And he gave it a four. He said, to be quite honest with you, mm. it's a four out of ten. And when I joined the organization, Marty, the best thing that I could do, you know, I was with Panera Bread for 11 years, and I didn't want to come in with any preconceived notions of, or, or assumptions. Right how things should right. go for Virginia. It's a very unique and different concept from any place I've ever worked at. So I thought the best thing that I could do was ask our franchisees, get on the phone, go visit them in their markets, and ask them three important questions. What do you love about Virginia? What don't mm-hmm. you like about Virginia? And what are the things that keep you up at night? And a couple of them mm-hmm. said, you know, well, you only scheduled an hour for the call here. I'll let you know. And, you know, I kind of chuckled. I said, that, that this is great information that I can, can get. And what I learned from that training was one of them, um, that, you know, when they come out to Los Angeles, and that's the support we give our franchisees, when they come okay. out here, we want to give them such a great experience where they're set up for success. We provide them with the tools, systems, and processes for them to run successful restaurants. And uh, I asked Tomo just last week, I said, you know, you told me last year we were about a 4 out of 10, where would you say we're at right now? And he said we're at 9.5. And, 
And he said, I'd love wow. to give you a test and stop striving for, um, you know, to be the right. best of the best. It's really, it's, it's a great story, Clay, you know, and it's a, really one of the reasons we started the show, you know, is I've always been inspired, you know, by these types of stories. And ramen is one of those things I feel that, you know, people love, you know, I, I love ramen, my son loves ramen, you know, but we don't have, you know, in this part of the country, I'm in eastern Pennsylvania, Clay, I mean, we don't really have anything out there, out here like that, you know, but I think it would be such a big hit out here. You know, I know in, in probably in the West Coast, maybe it's a little more, you know, common to see like, you know, a, a ramen type of restaurant, but nothing out here and I, I just think there's a, a a big demand for you know your your type of product and i guess you know when you're describing you know you, you've done a very good job at, at describing the um you know the franchise when you're at like a franchise show you know and, and the typical question is always you know someone comes up to your booth and they say so what do you guys do you're a ramen you know franchise how do you typically respond to them you know when you're describing the concept i mean like is there a, like an elevator pitch or anything like that used to describe the concept well yeah the first thing i'll start with how you start this morning where you were talking about you know where you're at in the united states and where how people hold ramen right now you know it yeah. was once synonymous with the college students favorite instant meal right ramen Right. I think it's gradually found its way into the hearts of American diners. And yes. I think right. ramen is still very much in its infancy stages here in the United States. Yes. But I Agreed. think there's a, a huge opportunity for the ramen category to develop in the Midwest and more rural, rural areas of the country. You said it, on the West Coast, coast very popular, on the East Coast as well. Right. But we just recently opened up a location in Omaha, Nebraska, and I mean it wow. has taken off. And it shows us just the, yeah. the love that people for, have for ramen. And I think what's, uh, you know, what's interesting, and I think Ginia has put heavy focus on spreading the ramen culture throughout North America while remaining true to our principle of spreading smiles and world-class hospitality. Um, aside from being, becoming the number one recognized brand, we strive to be the most loved. And it's really the, it's the millennials that love ramen Right. Gen Z. Yeah. My daughters are 15 yeah. and 16 years old, and they knew more about ramen than I did a year ago, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> That's funny. And That's I think, uh, you know, since we entered uh, North America nine years ago, and I say North America because it's Canada and the United States, I think Jimmy's right. helped shape ramen, the ramen culture in the U.S., even attracting a younger customer base, um, which the ramen industry was not used to. So right. I think it's been pretty exciting, and, you know, the beautiful part is I tell franchisees, you know, as you were asking, how do I position it? I think Tomo yes. has spent painstaking hours learning the process and making sure we are authentic through and through from the broth and the noodles to the guest experience. Um, I think Jeannie is a, a differentiated restaurant concept with a focus on authentic, hip and trendy iterations of our traditional ramen noodle dish in modern restaurants. And I gotta tell you, if you see Tomo in person, he's a hip, mm -hmm. cool, and trendy guy. I mean, the way he dresses, really? his, just his, his <laughs> young attitude, his, uh, his love for his concepts. I've worked for some great CEOs, some leaders who have been yeah. great mentors to me, but I've never met anybody like Tomo Takahashi who is so passionate about the brand. I mean, he's so dialed into everything from his restaurant design to the product. And uh, each day, I think it's, each week is exciting because Tomo and I will go visit locations and we'll go to the competitors and we'll look at things that they do very, very well and what we might have to mm -hmm. do well. 
Well, what are some of the things that give us competitive advantage, that differentiate us, yeah. that are going to make them work? You know, the, the customers out there walk past 20 other ramen restaurants and go into Virginia. What are those things that make us so special? And I think that, uh, you know, those are the things that Tomo works on. You know, he focuses on providing freshest ingredients and flavors while treating these mm-hmm. customers as if they were a guest in our home. And uh, I think our, you know, our ramen bowls are so delicious. They're served with thick, rich broth, and, and it's a perfect balance with handmade noodles. And uh, what's great is we offer a huge variety of different toppings. Um, our, our, menu, our menu features 13 different signature bowls with more than 20 toppings, allowing for nearly infinite combinations. So if you take right. these ramen made with the thick, rich broth and perfect balance with the homemade noodles, um, they're perfectly cooked with a poached egg, a touch of fresh garlic. You add your favorite toppings on there. Um, putting some options there ranging from pork, chicken, vegetarian broth, and spinach or gluten-free noodles. I mean, you can yeah. see why it's so exciting. You know, I, I think our menu caters to all ages, genders, and tastes um, with a variety of different high-appealing dishes beyond ramen. I mean, there's, there's great salads, and we have salmon right. pokey tacos and rice bowls and curries. So I think it's, uh, you know, when you talk about hip, cool, and trendy, he's always trying to creatively think outside of the box on how right. um, we can be authentic. Um, but our, our passion is through creativity, inspiration, and expertise. And that's what I share with franchisees. And I tell them that we have three different concepts and the portability and flexibility of those different concepts. But uh, I also think what's exciting is the, the franchise support that they get. Um, as mm-hmm. I was telling you, Marty, we've had, uh, you know, we were 4 out of 10 last year. We're striving for 10 out of 10 right now. But it's very important when somebody makes the decision to become a franchisee, one of the top questions should be, what kind of support am I going to get? You know, right. so what we're proud of is to provide them with all the tool systems and processes, operations components and procedures, sales marketing and cost controls. We try to educate them on everything from restaurant layout and equipment, um, safety and labor law. Food safety is paramount for us. Um, just recently we've added an operational excellence audit. Um, we use a third-party company called Everclean because you know out there there's Unfortunately, some restaurant concepts that have not done mm-hmm. so well with uh, you know, right. some food safety is not the best it can yeah. be. So we're, we're, we're trying right. to do all the right things, and I think those are very attractive things to prospective franchisees. I did go on, you know, I, I did go on YouTube earlier, Clay, you know, and I was uh, looking at the videos, and it was just, it was so impressive, and of course, it made me hungry, you know, and I said, okay, I, I, I get it, you know, and, and that's why I was really so excited to have you on the show today. You know, you were talking a little bit about the franchisees, Clay. I mean, what do you look for? Because I know you meet with a lot of prospective franchisees, and I'm sure Tomo meets with them as yeah. well. What do you typically look for when you're, you're sitting down with them as far as, like, characteristics or traits? Well, Mark, this is the third uh, franchise organization I've worked for, and um, mm-hmm. I've learned along, you know, through my experience, I've learned a lot of things on what what to do and what not to do. And when it comes to right. franchise organizations, um, there are a lot of times where we've uh, not put our best foot forward at other organizations. And I shared with Tomo mm-hmm. the most important thing that we do 
is to attract the best franchisees. And they have to check three different boxes. Uh, the very first, right. obviously, they have to have the capital in order to be successful to yes. build out a territory. Right. But equally important is that they have to have the operational expertise and the passion mm -hmm. for the brand. The right. I say operational expertise. That's so important because there's a lot of people out there that are romanticized by the restaurant industry. And they may have made their money right. in other uh, industries, and then they look at uh, you know, some restaurants, they fall in love with it, and they say, you know what, this is where I want to invest my money. Um, I think I can be great at this. And I'll give an example. A, a neighbor of mine, very successful lady, wonderful person. Mm -hmm. um, she had the capital to invest in a, in a uh, restaurant. I'll name the restaurant, right. but um, it, was a, it was a miserable experience for her because, one, she didn't have the operational expertise. She thought it was going to be pretty right. easy to do it on her own. And then, unfortunately, right. she received very poor support from the franchisees. Yeah. So I think mm -hmm. when franchisees out there, this is a very important decision for them. I think it's very exciting, right, when you get excited right. and you fall in love with a brand and you say, I want, I want to be a franchisee of this. That's, that's a great decision, exactly. but you've got to make sure that that franchise is a perfect fit for you. So what yeah. we do is for those three buckets that I told you about, we have the discovery days, and we will thoroughly vet out prospective franchisees. We don't settle for anything. We, we partner with a phenomenal franchise sales group that is very picky about who they bring to Los Angeles. We have a discovery day. We invite them here. We spend a lot of time, two days with them. Uh, asking them a lot of questions because, again, we want to make sure they're a fit for our organization, but equally the same for them. What type of support, tools, systems, and processes are we going to provide for them? But I think, Marty, if we want to be a best-in-class franchisor, it's so important for Tomo and I to share the vision. Where do we want mm -hmm. to be from now, from now beyond that? I think it's so important that the franchisor listen to their franchisees. Um, it's important right. that we communicate right. the message effectively. A lot of franchisees and organizations that have been, they said, you know, you don't make profitability top of mind. Well, you know what? That's what our sure. team is focused on, focusing on profitability, creating a positive culture. Um, yeah. we, have, we have many franchise calls, and we emphasize that positive culture, but remembering that this is a team effort. It's a two-way street. My job, Martin, right. is to provide our franchisees unwavering support. They can call myself, our team, anytime throughout the day and night to get that support. But equally important, my job is to protect the brand. And it's so important because it only takes one franchisee to do the wrong right. thing to impact the entire exactly. brand. So we always remind that. I think as a franchisor, we need to always remain flexible. We need to treat our franchisees with the utmost respect. I think it's important that we get out there in the field and work in the trenches and be great listeners to our franchise partners. Um, and I'll give you an example, Marty. We created a franchise mm -hmm. business council, which I think most successful franchisors, that's the best thing you can do. Why? Because you give them an opportunity to have a seat at the table. I mean, we have uh, 18 franchise partners across 33, uh, 33 locations are franchise. You know, uh, we've, we've identified five very business-savvy franchise partners that, you know, they know a thing or two, Marty. 
they, they have strength right. and talents I will never have. So there are times where Tomo and I come up with a great idea, we're high-fiving each other, but the most important thing <laughs> we can do is ask yeah. our franchisees, what do you think about this? I think in the past we've been guilty of haphazardly rolling things out without asking their opinion. And it's so important right. that we do that because there are decisions we make every day that have unintended consequences. Unintended sure. consequences that impact our, our guests, that impact our team members, our franchise partners. And if we just took the time to ask the questions, I think we're going to be much more successful in rolling out menu items, technology, supply chain uh, initiatives, and that's what's been exciting. So we created a franchise business council. There's five that always have a voice at the table. Um, it's not the world according to Tomo and Clay. They bring outside of the box ideas. Um, so because it's we, us, out, right? We're all in this together. And if we want to grow to 250 mm. locations, we've got to be great listeners to our franchisees. But they also know their part, too, how important it is for them to have operational excellence and protect the brand. You mentioned so many uh, key words, Clay. You know, I mean, you, you spoke about the significance of support. Uh, you know, you spoke about, you know, being passionate, of course, um, the culture. And, uh, you know, you were mentioning earlier, I mean, as you said, you know, Tomo, the leadership is very important too, isn't it? You know, and it sounds like Tomo has really, you know, set the tone for the organization as well, you know, and I, I think all those things are important. And I never heard of a franchise council before, but, you know, it, it does, and you've been doing this so much longer than I have, but it, it makes sense to, you know, as you said, to give the franchisees a voice, you know, in, in the franchise, you know. And this must be interesting for you because, you know, I know you have worked for, you know, larger organizations. You know, it, it must be it, just, it must be an exciting time for you personally, Clay, to be part of, you know, this wonderful franchise to get to, and let's say the earlier stages, but just to have so much opportunity for growth, it must be a rewarding experience for you, I imagine. Well, it is, Marty. I mean, uh, I had uh, 11 great years at Panera Bread. Uh, what a tremendous yeah. organization. Um, I sure. learned tremendous things there. But we also, because that, through our growth, we had an army of people to support mm-hmm. 2,300 locations right. out of St. Louis and sure. Boston. And what's exciting yeah. about him here is that Tomo has built this from the ground up. And when he came to me a year ago and he said, I think I've taken this as far as I can, I need some help executing the vision. And that was what was exciting for me to come in here and say, okay, you know, we may be wearing uh, several people at our headquarters may be wearing 10 different hats right now. And, you know, our right. headquarters here in Los Angeles if you look around, it's, it's, it's humble beginnings, right? You know, it's a small office sure. here. But what's exciting is we talk about dreaming for the future. You know, if we do get to those 250 locations through thoughtful growth, how cool would that be if two, three years down the road we're all high-fiving each other saying, hey, right. remember back when, where we started? That is the most fulfilling thing in, uh, in anybody's career. I mean, I... Of when course. I started out in restaurants 30 years ago, I studied, uh, you know, I was going to become an attorney. And uh, I was given an opportunity to, uh, I, I put my way through school in restaurants, and I was given mm-hmm. the opportunity to become a manager. And I told my father, much to his dismay, that I was going to give him a shot one year, and he said, I'll see you in one year. I'll see you back here. <laughs> and uh, 30 years later, I don't regret for a second. I love what I do. I love, I'm passionate about being around people and food, 
And that's why it's so great partnering with Tomo Takahashi, because as I mentioned earlier, I, will be, I am hard-pressed to find another CEO and founder who is um, more passionate. They could be as passionate as him, but I won't find anybody more passionate than his brand. So it's a very exciting thing to be a part of, Mark. You kind of hinted um, as far as like the future goes, Clay. I mean, where do you and Tomo see, you know, Jinya Ramen Bar? I mean, if you could look into that crystal ball three to five years down the road, where do you see the organization? Well, I see that uh, we would like to open flagship locations in New York mm-hmm. City, Miami, right. Chicago. Right. And uh, sure. I think, you know, this year what we're doing is we're wrapping our arms around the business model and making sure that every facet of operations is successful. Because if we're able to do that, and I think we've, we've made great strides over the last year, but just like any organization, we're not perfect. We're an imperfect organization. Right. There's times where we trip and fall. But I think the most important thing yeah. is how you pick yourself up, dust yourself right. off, take a step back, and say, what did we learn from that mistake? so that we never make that mistake before, uh, again. And I think when we look uh, at the expansion across the United States, um, I think before we go international, we want to be able to master this. And I think, mm-hmm. again, we're making great strides toward that. And it's exciting just over the last month, we've added new, four new team members uh, to our team wow. that are going to help us uh, realize that success. That's wonderful. It really is an exciting time at Jinya Ramen Bar. So how do our listeners, Clay, get more information on Jinya Ramen Bar as, as of course, the franchise opportunity and, and, and even the product itself? I mean, are there any websites you can recommend they can go to? Yeah, they can go to our uh, website, Jinya uh, Ramen Bar. Um, I could, you know, if they contact me, you can give them my email address as well. Um, it's uh, csanger at geniaholdings.com. I'll put them in touch okay. with uh, any information that they want. I'll put them in touch with our franchise sales group, who I think are uh, veterans in the industry. They're the best of the best, and uh, they will take very good care of any prospective franchisees. And, you know, just take some time to answer any and every question that they have. And, you know, if they want to come to Los Angeles, uh, you know, and check out our restaurants and uh, arrange for right. a tour, um, that would be um, an exciting opportunity for them as well. That's fantastic. Well, I really enjoyed talking to you, Clay, and, and I'd like to invite you back in the future because I think this is a wonderful franchise opportunity, and, and uh, I, I can't wait till you eventually come to Easton, Pennsylvania as well. I hope, we, I hope we're there, Marty. I think uh, there's, there's a lot of inbound entrance, uh, interest coming from the state of Pennsylvania, uh, you know, Philadelphia side, Pittsburgh side. Yeah. Uh, it's a great big state, and I think uh, we would do great there. That's terrific. Well, it's great having you on the show, Clay, and we'll be right back with more franchise interviews. Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every franchisepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes and Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. Are you looking for a franchise that delivers? Businesses will always need shipping, and for more than 25 years, loyal customers have depended on Unishippers for reliable savings and exceptional customer service. Unishippers is focused on just one thing, helping small and medium-sized businesses save time and money on all their shipping needs. 
and is the largest reseller of complete shipping services in the country, we have the buying power to ensure that we succeed. The Unishippers franchise offers low startup costs, no equipment or real estate required because they're not retail, residual income, and a quality of life and work-life balance. For more information on becoming a Unishippers franchisee, go to www.unishippers.com and click Franchise Opportunities or call Franchise Development at 801-708-5822. That's 801-708-5822. Hi everyone, this is Marty McDermott from Franchise Interviews and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising, where each podcast you get to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, we've been hosting Franchise Interviews many years now and you can actually hear the show in a number of different places today. You can go to, of course, FranchiseInterviews.com where we have our interviews arranged alphabetically. Um, we also have interviews arranged by category. So if you have a particular industry that you're interested in, you can go to the category of your choice and check out all the different interviews that we've done over the years. Um, our show has been syndicated in a number of different places. Of course, you can hear our show on blogtalkradio.com. We've been working with Blog Talk Radio for many years now. And um, you can hear the live shows there, and then you can download them as an MP3. Uh, you can hear our shows on Stitcher.com. You can hear our interviews on, I think it's pronounced, I, I always want to call it Blueberry.com, but it's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com, which is another podcast service. Uh, you can now hear our shows on iTunes.com. And, of course, you can hear our shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week, if you're a diehard fan to our show, on Live365.com. And... Uh, we have over the years over 420 shows. So if you were to listen to Live365.com uh, for two weeks, there's a chance that you may not even hear the same show twice. So uh, that's how many shows we've recorded over the years. But today's Great Quote in Franchising podcast comes from Darren Guccione. And Darren is the CEO and co-founder of Keeper Security, Inc. And what's interesting about this podcast we had Darren on the show as the uh, founder and the creator of Keeper, which is the world's most downloaded password manager and uh, digital vault. And Darren is a real um, entrepreneur. And one of the questions that we ask on the show is, what advice would you give to an aspiring entrepreneur or franchipreneur, someone looking to buy a franchise? And that question is usually directed to someone who has been directly involved in franchising over the years. But Again, Darren's, uh, Darren is a real entrepreneur. His background is, is, is in accounting and business. And um, I thought his response was just as great as anything that we've heard on the show. So here we go with Darren Guccione, the CEO and co-founder of Keeper Security, Inc. Amazing. It's amazing technology. In studying your background, Darren, I mean, the, I was mentioning earlier, I mean, the majority of our listeners, again, we call them aspiring franchipreneurs. You know, they want to go into their own business and they're kind of like heading towards the franchise alternative. What advice would you give to them? Because you're, you're certainly in studying you, it's certainly classified as an entrepreneur. So what advice would you give to them? Well, you know, I'm a, you know, my background is uh, engineering technology. I'm also a CPA, and right. I've always had an admiration for franchises. Um, one of the things that I love about franchises, among other things, is that 
you can analyze the different franchise models that are out there, the brands, the type of businesses, and you can quickly identify which ones are successful. And typically, you know, they give you a roadmap of what you need to do to execute. You know, when you start a business without right. a franchise roadmap, you, you typically don't necessarily know where you're necessarily going to go or wind up. And yeah. so you get a greater sense of security and guidance when you can pick a franchise model that, A, you know, fits within, you know, your goals in life, your interests in life, and B, you know, provides a really sound, you know, infrastructure for you to build a business with a great support system around you. Most businesses that are one-off businesses don't have that. So there's a right. greater sense of, you know, uncertainty out there um, when a, a business owner or an entrepreneur um, as you've outlined it, decides to, you know, pursue a franchise versus doing something completely fresh and new. I think the risk profile of doing the latter is much greater. So that's, you know, that's my response to that. No, it's, it's fantastic advice. So any final thoughts, Darren? Fantastic interview with Darren Guccione. So I want to thank everyone for making our show such a success. And this podcast has really just taken off over the years. And uh, we got some really great new great quotes and franchising coming up so uh thanks everyone for listening and we'll see you again soon with another edition of great quotes and franchising from franchise interviews take care everyone franchise interviews from eastern pennsylvania to sydney australia you're listening to franchise interviews franchise interviews